This is Rookie Designer with episode number 127 titled, It's Nice to Meet You. Welcome to the new Rookie Designer podcast. My name is Jake Van Ness and I'm here with my co-host, Kitty Florido. Thank you for joining us on our very first podcast as the new host of Rookie Designer. We're very excited to have the opportunity to take over this great show from Adam Head. Yeah, it was really flattering when Adam approached us a few weeks ago, looking for some new voices for Rookie. We wanted to send a very special thank you to Adam for this awesome opportunity. So here we are, and let's get started. First, let's start with some exciting news about Rookie itself. Go ahead, Kitty. Let them know. We're excited to announce the new look for RookieDesigner.com. If you haven't had a chance to stop by, please do so and let us know what you think. You can either comment on the blog or send us an email at info at RookieDesigner.com. You can also find us on Twitter under Rookie Designer or find us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Rookie Designer. We definitely want to hear what our listeners have to say and what you think about the new site. Personally, I want to say thank you to Kitty for all her hard work on this awesome new site. She did a fantastic job. So now that we have that announcement out of the way, I thought we'd start with our first podcast being an introduction to us, the new co-host, Rookie. So let me introduce myself. Again, my name is Jake Van Ness, and I'm a self-taught designer with a business named Prepressology. I have over 14 years of experience working in various types of print shops. Some dealt with stationery, such as business cards, letterheads, stuff like that. Some of them dealt with commercial printing, which, which had to do with brochures, posters, general commercial printing. And then I lastly worked at a label and packaging printing company. Hands-on experience led me to start my own business in 2004. But it wasn't until 2010 that I decided to really focus on making this a full-time business. I specialize in print design, but a lot of my clients were looking for a range of services, from web design to social media development to print design, such as stationery, business cards, brochures, stuff like that. I also enjoy writing, and I do so at my business blog and also at designertoday.com. And now I have the opportunity to blog at rookiedesigner.com. I'm also an avid photographer who enjoys photographing the Adirondacks of upstate New York, and I'm lucky enough to live here. If you want a little more information about me, you can check out my post on Rookie. The post name is Rookie is Back. I'll link to that in the show notes. Now that you've heard a little bit about myself, Kitty, why don't you tell a little bit about yourself? Hi, I'm Kitty. Um, as you might notice, I have a little bit of an accent. I was born and raised in Guatemala City. I speak both. I speak and write both English and Spanish. I'm a graphic designer and photographer. I've been working as an independent designer for the last 12 years in the, under the business name of Asterisco. I do mostly print. Now I'm getting more into web design. Um, 
not as much uh, flash. I, I still haven't got that. But I am a self-taught designer. I took a few classes on typography, Photoshop, and freehand. Freehand is still a very important part of the uh, print, world, print world back in Guatemala. Now, about um, my online self, <laughs> I have two blogs. One is Design Backslash that I started in September 2008, more or less. And my second blog is called The Foodie's Kitchen. The Foodie's Kitchen was founded a year ago. And I I started that with my best friend, Helga. You can, I'll, you can, uh, I'll link to both of the sites on the, uh, on the show notes. So if I'm not designing or doing photography, I'm cooking and baking pretty much. So, uh, I, I, I do have a lot of fun doing the three together. Okay. Now that we have our introductions out of the way, we're going to start with some news. There's always something going on with design. And you can find out online, which is great. So it's really easy to keep up on things. One of the coolest things that seems to have come out is this new stuff for the iPad dealing with Photoshop. There's three new apps that you can download that work directly with Photoshop. I was blown away. The first one is Color Lavra for Photoshop CS5. This actually allows you to pull colors and mix them with your finger exactly like if you were a painter. And then when you do that, you can save the colors as a palette and then import that directly into Photoshop, all from your iPad. It's amazing. I was really blown away. It definitely was something that if I had an iPad, I would download. There's also a second one that's called Adobe Easel for CS5. This was kind of cool because it allows you to actually paint on your iPad and the controls are done with all five fingers. So you actually have different choices. Like if you press all five fingers to the iPad, you have little menus that pop up under each finger. And if you lift up everything but that one finger, it selects that menu item. And you can paint and you can do all kinds of stuff. And then it imports right to Photoshop. Absolutely amazing. And then there's the third one. This one I'm not so sure about. It's called Adobe Nav. And basically what it is, is it takes your toolbar and it makes it so that it's on the iPad. And that includes like your colors for your foreground and background and your cropping tool, your text tool, your paintbrush, stuff like that. Your selection tool. Now, I'm not sure because I haven't had the chance to use this hands-on whether it would really be beneficial to push something on an iPad rather than drag my mouse over or my pen and click on it there, but it still looks pretty cool. So those are the three new iPad apps for Photoshop. Adobe Color Larva, Lava, excuse me, 
larva would be bad. Adobe Easel and Adobe Nav. I'll definitely put some links to all three in the show notes, and you can check them out yourself. Now, if you've got an iPad and you download these and you try them, let me know. Let me know what you think. I definitely want to hear from you. What do you think about this thing about Microsoft by Skype? I'm a, I, honestly, I'm a little surprised. I didn't think that... Why is that? I didn't think that Skype would actually get bought by Microsoft. I thought, if anything, Microsoft would come out with their own type of basically online phone system and compete against them. But I guess Skype is big enough that it's easier to buy something rather than develop it yourself. But at the same time, I don't know. Um, if I don't know that you don't use the uh, MSN... Windows Live, I don't know what it's called nowadays, the Messenger. Um, but hot, it's the uh, all the at hotmail addresses.com. You can have video chat with them. And that was one of the big things with the uh, MSN for Mac that it didn't allow, or it didn't, yeah, it didn't allow the users to use the video side of things, something that has been available for Windows users for a lot of time, for a long time. So, I don't know. I just hope that they don't mess it up. And and I think that's what everybody's worried about. And we all know Microsoft's big, powerful, giant company. But we all know what happens with these giant companies is that communication breaks down. Mm. And things don't get developed as well. Especially if they're buying something that is so fully developed already for Windows. My concern, and I'm sure it's your concern too, what about Mac? As a Mac user, aren't you a little concerned that Microsoft just bought this? Yeah, and you know what? I I honestly, I really hope that Balmer was telling the truth that they they will not stop Mac development. And if they are, at some point, I don't know. Um, I think that we should be looking more into like going both of us Mac. I, I am a Mac user right now, but my, um, my laptop is a little bit old, not old, old, but it's, I think five years old now. So yeah, like, um, like the time is, it's catching up with my little baby here, but, (laughs) (laughs) but yeah, I think that my, my next machine will definitely be a, um, a Mac. And now that it, uh, what's the next names? What's the next, um, cat name for the OS on Mac? Oh, Lions. Lion. Lions. Like, there's going to be more than one. Lion. (laughs) Lion, yeah. Um, I think that Lion will come now with um, FaceTime pre-install, like the the iPhone and the iPad have. Now, now that... I I definitely understand what you're saying. FaceTime is going to be a a good competitor for the video market. Yeah. But the thing with Skype that is really interesting and I think has made it such a great program is the fact that it's computer to phone, phone to computer at a cost of course, but you don't necessarily have to have a house phone to make a phone call to somebody else that has a cell phone or has a, a home phone. You can you could use Skype to do that. And while yes, I, I'm a PC user and it's it's it is what it is, 
I enjoy using it, but I see there's benefits to the Mac side. I think what needs to happen is somebody needs to really take FaceTime to the next level and allow them to call home phones. Doesn't mean they have to use the video part, but they could use the phone part. Yeah, well, yeah, that you point for you. <laughs> and, 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 and I mean, and I'm not talking about cell phone because obviously you can shut off FaceTime and make a regular phone call. I'm talking about if you buy your new Mac Power or what are they called? MacBook Pros. MacBook Pro. <laughs> yep, definitely a Windows user. Um, if you buy your next MacBook Pro and it has FaceTime on there, that's great if you're calling another iPhone or you're calling another Mac but or, or even a, a PC with video. But what happens if you want to call a friend's Android phone or you want to call somebody at their house? Can you do that through FaceTime on your MacBook Pro? No. That's where they need to develop that, and that's where they could compete with Skype. Yeah. And, but the only the only thing that would concern me with that is they come up and develop with that. Microsoft's just going to say, you know what? The heck with it. We don't need to develop for Mac. At least right now, they have a good base to continue to develop for Mac. Yeah. And can you imagine how many um, podcasts are recorded on Macs? I mean, on Macs through, like, with, with Skype, like we're doing right now. Right. I'm on Windows, you're on Mac, and we're recording this podcast. Picture this. What happens if they stop developing for Mac? Like, the, uh, like we would definitely start, we would need to look for another option. I'm not sure that's so bad. A lot of the problems we have with these giants like Microsoft and like Apple is... They own everything. They control everything. It's not a bad thing. And, and obviously, that's why they bought Skype. Skype started up somehow. At, at some point, it was a startup. And it developed into this huge company. Yeah. Somebody else maybe needs to come around and what's the next thing? And that's always, it's always the next thing is going to be what? What's going to be big? What's going to get bought? So it's going to be interesting to see what happens. But I'm right there with you. I really hope they don't screw it up. Yeah. Well, I have to say that maybe, I don't know, it was four or five months ago that they redid the look for Skype for Mac. And now it pretty much like matches up the uh, Windows side. Not quite, but still getting there. One thing that I don't like is that I don't have my compact contact list like I had before. And you've seen my my Mac, how compact and minimal and clutterless I have it. And that's the only thing that I don't like about this, the current Skype, that it's big and bulky. But that's the thing I don't understand is, and I don't realize it's two different platforms and you're developing for two different platforms, but is it really that difficult to make things the same on both sides? Not only the same, but I think that it's it has to be maybe not the same, but at least closer. Close, and at the same time, give me an option. Do you want the full blown app, or you just want the contact list there? Yeah. <laughs> Without like grabbing the entire screen, I'm lucky that I have a second screen because my MacBook Pro wouldn't like my laptop wouldn't be enough. Yeah. 
So um, let's move to another topic. Well, before we do that, I again, I would love to hear what our listeners have to say about this whole thing. Yes, Obviously, everybody's talking about this. Everybody's got an opinion about Microsoft. Everybody's got an opinion about them buying Skype. I'd love to hear what some of our listeners have to say. So please comment on the blog and let us know. Or email us at info at rookiedesigner.com. Okay. If you're a designer and you use Adobe products, unless you live under a rock, you know CS 5.5 is out. Um, I have to say before you go on, um, I just thought about the, uh, was it Geico? <laughs> the Geico ad, unless you live under a rock. I'm sorry, I just had to say. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. <laughs> yeah, we need to have fun in this podcast too. Yes. So, okay. Yes. So, yeah, we don't live under a rock and we know that CS, CS 5.5 is now out. And that's the whole thing. It's 0.5. It's not CS 6. It's CS 5.5. Well, it doesn't bother me. I mean, the uh, the economy is not as good as it as we think it should be. So um, it makes sense that they're only making a small upgrade. Hopefully, this is giving them more time to work on a much better um, CS6 or however the next version is going to be, especially with Illustrator and InDesign. Illustrator quits, <laughs> and InDesign thinks. <laughs> I don't think I don't think that is ever going to change because I think <laughs> they purposely put something in Illustrator that either makes it not shut down for one version or shut down by itself in another version. <laughs> yeah, because you have CS3 on Windows. And it does not want to shut down <laughs> ever. And I know part of it's doing other stuff the same time I'm doing Illustrator, but it cracks me up that I've used CS3, I've used CS4 as well. CS4 didn't have that problem. CS3 just loves to hang there and not <laughs> shut down. And I think it's just jealous because I use InDesign more. Oh, maybe. And it wants to hang out with me more. But, you know, it really gets frustrating sometimes. But, like, for me, I, I, like, I have CS4. And I don't, like, I, I don't get that much trouble from Illustrator because I said the thing about Illustrator because of you. But InDesign, InDesign loves to think, to keep hanging there and give me the beach ball, the uh, spinning beach ball. I was, I think I was pasting just three words of text and it was thinking and thinking and thinking. I even went to another program to do, like, do mail app to do in, like a short email and then went back to InDesign and the text was there. So yeah, I I hope that they um, fix uh, the uh, make it make things work, but that's not the important thing about CS point five five point five. The uh, yeah, sorry, we we got on a, a tangent there. <laughs> but before anybody says anything that says, "Well, upgrade your memory or upgrade your computer," we know those things. Yes, we both have older machines. I'm still on Windows. She's using an older MacBook Pro. But you know what? That's the real world. Every designer can't upgrade right away. And that's what's interesting about this CS 5.5 thing. Is they kind of recognize that and they came out with this subscription plan. Who I, I'm sorry, but who is going to pay that kind of money to rent a program? 
as powerful as these are. And I understand there's people out there that run agencies that are like, you know what, I might hire an intern for a couple months or hire an independent designer for a couple months and I just want to rent it for those months that they're that's great. They can afford it. Yeah. But what independent designer that's a rookie or even not a rookie is gonna sit there and rent a program for a couple hundred bucks for a month and then turn around and say, Hey, you know what? I'm doing well. I want to buy it. And then have to pay full price. Yeah, that that's the only thing that I don't get. If if I, I would pretty much would like like a a lease, let's call it like that, that you would buy like that you would rent the application but just rent into buying. Right. And I and I don't expect them to mark off like if you pay two hundred dollars a month, they're marking off two hundred dollars each time off the the full price that I don't expect that, but I really don't expect that if I rent it for three months to turn around and have to buy a full price software suite. I, I just don't see that as being a smart move on their part. And that that's one part that they now the whole thing of point five was to really get into this whole tablet market. We know iPads huge, Kindles huge, Nooks huge. Tablets in general are everything. Designers needed, especially InDesign users, needed a way to get into that market quickly. And I think Adobe saw this as we can't wait for 6 to come out. Otherwise, we'll lose it to, oh boy, Quark. But I think they did it. I think they did the right thing. And I think the market's changed that technology is going so fast with all these new things that they're going to have to start releasing software updates on a more regular basis rather than the, I think it's 18 months that they normally wait. Yeah. And one other thing that I think that CS5 was not tweaked enough in like InDesign CS5 was not tweaked enough to do all the e-publishing that they needed. Yeah. Um, I definitely see the need to upgrade. Um, and, for example, having different uh, document size on the same document in InDesign and some other things on the print side would be awesome. But I'm also looking to get into, I don't know, like e-publishing. I think that, that that's one of those areas that as a designer you can't ignore. No, definitely not. On, on education-wise. Definitely not. Cause especially if you're a print designer, because we all know print has changed. Yeah. Now, it's not dead. It's changed. It's evolved. It's grown up, and it's grown into electronic format. It's still print, because you can still produce a lot of those documents on paper. Mm-hmm. Almost the same way. And obviously with, with e-publishing, there's the animation and the links and stuff like that that make it different. But the idea is to still make it look like the original print format that we all are, were used to. Speaking of that... Oh, so you're going to bring them the news? Well, I think you already did. Well, I did. I, I did. I, I kind of jumped the gun before the podcast and let them know the rookie designer is actually going to be at PepCon which is the print and the publishing conference run by InDesign Secrets. 
so um, as you all know, InDesign Secrets is a, it's the all things InDesign podcast uh, hosted by David Blattner and Anne-Marie Concepcion. And this uh, conference gathers InDesign experts, Adobe InDesign team members, and designers like you and me. Yeah. And I want to send a special thanks to David and Anne for taking the time to invite us out because they had heard we were starting or restarting Rookie <laughs> Designer and they wanted us to be involved in this conference and, and go and kind of give us a good topic. So that what we're hoping to do, and I and I kind of release this in a, the blog post, is we're we're going to go there and... If you're going to be there, let us know because we'd love to sit down and talk to you and find out what you do and and where you're from and stuff like that. But we're also looking to hopefully share our experiences while we're there. Now, I don't know if we're really going to get a podcast up or if we're just going to do blog posts. We still haven't decided on that. Obviously, if you've been to a conference, you know it's chaos. It's <laughs> information overload it's just fun all around so you get excited you get involved and you don't stop till you hit the bed so we're not sure if we're actually going to have time to do some live posting or anything like that but we're definitely going to try to get some stuff out there during the conference to kind of let people know what it's all about yeah i i think that we'll be able to do some and part of that is that you guys are you're, you guys are going to have need, need to have a little bit of patience with us because this is our first time podcasting. So if we may not be able to send you an audio update when we're at the conference, we'll definitely have a tons of material when we come back. Um, so we'll definitely have some written updates <laughs> uh, for you. Um, Make sure to follow us on Twitter and Facebook because we can, we will be posting stuff uh, over there. De definitely, I would say follow us definitely on Twitter and Facebook because you're if anything, I'm pretty sure we can sneak a few tweets in during David's session or Anne Marie's session. You know, they won't notice. <laughs> the only problem is that they're following us, so they might because they'll probably be doing the same thing themselves. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, but we're really excited. I'm. Um, I actually met them a few years ago in, at the InDesign conference in Miami. And they are great, great, a great couple of people. And I'm looking forward to meeting with them again and actually meeting a lot of new people now. We all, this, this uh, conference has a very cool site to, I can't remember the name of the site though. Um, it's actually, if you go to InDesignSecrets.com, there's a link right on the right-hand side that's a banner that says, uh, in this, I think it actually says the conference name there. We'll, we'll put a link in the show notes so it's easy for people to get there. Yeah, and what I was going to say is that they also have this um, like mini network with all, the with all the attendees. So under your profile, you can actually see, okay, I'm going to, you can make your calendar and you can see with your contacts who you want to meet, who who you want to um, like have coffee and everything. So it's it's really cool because you can say what uh, what do you do, what organization or 
uh, business you, you're working with, what are your interests, and so yeah, it, it's pretty cool. I'm, I'm really excited about going back to, to a conference. It's been a while. Um, I think it's been like a year or two since I, year and a half-ish that I have been in, in a conference. Actually, it's been definitely been longer for me. The last one I was at was Max. I want to say almost two years ago, before they moved it to L.A., and that that was definitely a, a good experience. So I, I'm looking forward to this and meeting, hopefully seeing some of the same people that I saw out at Max that were on the InDesign team, and meeting some new guys that are, and of course the InDesign experts. It'd be great to meet some of them, and. The sessions. I mean, the sessions involve everything from what's new with CS 5.5, um, involves stuff like HTML, CSS, uh, XML, and of course, how to use InDesign for e-publishing to iPad, Kindles, Nooks, and other devices like that. So yeah, I'm it's, going it's, to focus. Sorry. No, go ahead. <laughs> No, I was just going to say that I'm going to focus especially in those, um, in those, uh, in all those um, e-publishing classes. You're going more into styles and that kind of thing, right? Yeah, yeah, and it's it's definitely a, an area that if you're a rookie, definitely look at it. I mean, if even if you're in web design and, and you've dabbled a little in print design, I think you'd find that the transition for yourself is going to be a, a lot easier. There's definitely a, a very close tie now between print design, web design, and e-publishing. It's all becoming very intermingled, so it's it's definitely interesting. Well, we don't want to go on too long for our first podcast, but before we close up, I did want to let people know that, of course, they can get in touch with us by posting comments on the blog. Um, we'll have a post up with this podcast and also with the notes from the podcast. Anything from links to uh, just brief ideas that we talked about. You can email us at info at rookiedesigner.com. You can follow us on Twitter, Rookie Designer. Or you can find us, and I hope you stop by our Facebook page, at facebook.com slash rookiedesigner. Um, one last thing. One of the things that we want to do with the podcast now is not only talk about design, but also photography and a little bit of technology because we we both love photography too. So if you have any questions about either like Photoshop, Lightroom, uh, neither of us uses um, Aperture <laughs> because I'm the only one that has a Mac and <laughs> and, I, and I'm a Lightroom girl. Um, so if you have any questions about applications, uh camera preferences, anything design and photography, let us know. You never know if that pretty much turns into a topic for for another episode. Definitely, definitely. And also, if you have suggestions for specific topics that you want to see us cover, let us know about that as well. And also, you may notice that this podcast is not yet sponsored. So if you're a business out there and you want to sponsor us, please let us know. Again, you can email us at info at rookiedesigner.com. So I think that we are pretty much done with our first episode. Thank you so much for stopping by and listening. Leave us comments. And, and let us know what we, how we did. Yes. Like we said, this is our first podcast. We're a little bit nervous. Don't be too harsh.
Exactly. Be gentle. <laughs> and to finish up, we want to to keep something about the uh, old rookie um, on this one. So, Jake, go ahead. Everyone's a rookie before they're an all-star. 